Curtis Lewa. Curtis Lewa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Talking about now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Read. thought that all of a sudden you could be knocking on the door of Gracie Mansion, which has become the Adams family domicile, and Lurch answers the door, you rang, and then Uncle Festa is there to take care of your needs. Well, that's apparently what came about. But in the midst of this mishigash of all the illegal aliens being welcomed in by Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, mayor of the illegal aliens, because he gives us the taxpayers who got bubkis. We get nothing but the bills for them. And he keeps giving them more and more amenities. Yesterday at a press conference, he recognized that the pressure is on. Many parents uh, originally in Sunset Park in Coney Island, when he tried to take those illegals, take them off a bus, put them in the gymnasiums of the public schools, said, why doesn't he put them in Gracie Mansion? Now, that was weeks ago. Subsequent to that, he has removed them from those gymnasiums, moving them around like pawns on a chessboard. Because the city, uh, Department of Homeless Services, knows if these illegal aliens stay anywhere more than 30 days. They become official residents. Uh, you cannot extricate them then. They have the resident status. Legal aid will be there to defend them, and you'll have to go to tenant and landlord court to remove them from the premises. But I just wanted to update you on that, because that's why oftentimes you see illegals being moved around from place to place to avoid hitting that 30-day period or going one day over. And then they're officially residents, even though they're illegals, asylum seekers, whatever you want to call them. Here was Eric Adams yesterday at a press conference as the bills are mounting. The taxpayers, all of them from New York City, have to pay this freight, are weary. And the mayor finally said, do as I say and as I do. I was speaking with the staff to see if I can put a few families into Gracie Mansion. You know, uh, I'm a big believer and leading from the front, you know, and if if it doesn't go against legal protocols, uh, because there are protocols that are in place uh, that, you know, I can't use the building any way I, I, I want. Uh, but I don't have a problem if um, I could put a migrant family in Gracie Mansion uh, because I want to lead from the front. Um, that's the type of leader I am. Well, he knew that that's he can't do that. In fact, the greatest mayor that we've ever had, Rudy Giuliani, Michael Mbaricic, we discussed that yesterday before he came on the air at 3 o'clock, as he does every Monday through Friday, 3 to 4. And Rudy said, look, he knows the protocols. Uh, within the course of a week, you have 30 cops from Intel who are assigned to protect Eric Adams. 
and anyone else who either resides in Gracie Mansion or visits Gracie Mansion because they're in different shifts, a total of about 30. Most of them stay in the basement, but they're on the grounds. He knows that he cannot house illegal aliens, asylum seekers, migrants, whatever you want to call them, at Gracie Mansion. And so then yesterday I got a phone call from three respected Hispanic ministers in the Bronx who did not support me against Eric Adams. Nope. Uh, they were friends of mine, but they determined that they were going to go with Eric Adams uh, as opposed to me during the general election. And I asked them, because they were calling on matters of concern in the Bronx that weren't being addressed by the mayor or his staff, if um, this... This obsession that Eric Adams has of thinking that he was divinely chosen to lead us at this point by God was, in fact, the mayor's point of view in his conversations with these three Hispanic ministers. I would not be the mayor of the city of New York if it wasn't that God saw something in me. I am the most imperfect, most perfectly imperfect human being. I am here, not because I'm the smartest, not because I'm the brightest. I'm here because in all my heart, I believe that it's the Esther 4 and 14th moment. God made me for such a time like this. So the three Hispanic uh, ministers who actually uh, were in the, uh, the, uh, what can we call it, the company of the mayor who was with the uh, Bill de Blasio, Republican that I defeated in the Republican primary for mayor, Fernando Mateo, crushed him. And now he's become the most solid Eric uh, Adams Republican. Uh, They were there. They were having a celebration. I think Fernando Mateo was getting some of the contracts to feed the illegals because they were demanding food, uh, you know, that that, uh, culturally uh, they could uh, eat they don't want these bagels with the schmear on it. They want con arroz, habichuelas, beans and rice, sometimes with a chuleta on top, a pork chop. Some of them have asked for mafungo or mangu. Uh, Mateo has a restaurant up in the Bronx, apparently may uh, be negotiating a contract to be the provider. But anyway, they were all together and they were celebrating. And I said to them, does, does the mayor really believe that? He said, yeah, yeah. He sees himself uh, as on a mission, almost like the black version of Moses to lead all of these Latinos and Latinas into this city, eventually where they will be able to vote in municipal elections, state elections, federal elections, particularly if they have children here, anchor babies, you'll never get them back, no matter what the asylum hearing may uh, turn out uh, to be 13 years from now. And that he truly believes, like all others who've been mayor, falsely, that they have an opportunity to become mayor of the city of New York. That just ain't going to happen. Didn't happen for John Lindsay. Didn't happen for Mike Kumbadachich, Rudy Giuliani. He was ahead in the polls. He crashed and burned in Florida. He was out of the race. Michael Bloomberg couldn't buy uh, the nomination, although he tried. He thought everybody had a price, not everybody. And Elizabeth Warren eviscerated him on the stage twice, and all he got for his billion dollars was America, Samoa. We saw Bill de Blasio out like Don Quixote uh, in Iowa, you know, battling scarecrows. And then South Carolina, he was there at the fish fries. And then in in, uh, Las Vegas, he he crashed and burned. And Eric Adams thinks he's going to run for president. 
But they've done the analytics at City Hall. They realize he could potentially win the black vote, but the, the vote that could put him over the top is the ever-growing Latino and Latina vote. So if he becomes considered the person, like Tammany Hall years ago was the avenue for Irish coming into the port of New York, and they helped the Irish. They gave him some petty cash. They put him in a sweltering tenement, but they, they provided something for decades later, the Irish were always loyal to the Democratic Party, always loyal. And his perception is that Latinos and Latinas will always be loyal to him because in their homes, in the future, in their kitchens, will be a picture of Jesus Christ, the Lady of Guadalupe, the version of the Blessed Virgin Mother Mary, Joe Biden, who made this all possible, and a man who embraced them and gave them more than uh, veterans who are homeless or emotionally disturbed have ever gotten in this administration or previous administrations. Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, the uh, the mayor of the illegal aliens. That, that, that's his goal. And his uh, mission has always been in God we trust because from the day he was sworn in in the state senate on his very first day in front of lobbyists, family, friends, media, and other state senators, this has been his calling card. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. So let's be straight up. He also suggested that residents consider inviting illegals into their homes and they would be paid $65 a day per illegal for their care and maintenance and for their housing. Again, the caveat being if they stay 30 or more days, they are considered permanent residents and then try to extricate them. You better go to tenant and landlord court will take him on to Sundays. But he has at Brownstone at 936 Lafayette Avenue in Bed-Stuy. It's become infamous. In fact, remember originally in the Democratic primary, Andrew Yang and his team said he was living in uh, Fort Lee at apartment 22H. He was. But he created the impression that he was living in the basement apartment in 936 Lafayette, which actually was inhabited uh, basement apartment by his son. So he pretended that he lived there. Everybody knew he didn't. Uh, we are on that block once a week, the Guardian Angels, because a while back we released uh, two feral cats who live outdoors to deal with the uh, rat mitigation. I mean, they have a serious rat problem on that block and many blocks in Bed-Stuy, which is a mixture of old uh, African-American families who've been there for generations and brand-new hipsters and millennials who are moving in. But they got a serious rat problem, as does the uh, Eric Adams uh, uh, Brownstone for stories. So we check up on the area once a week to check them on Batman and Robin the Feral Cats. And we've noticed that the basement apartment is now empty. It's been empty for six months. Nobody's lived in it. It's a livable uh, domicile. And the top floor at 936 Lafayette is livable. The middle two floors are occupied by extended relatives of Eric Adams. So I am suggesting that it should be do as I say and as I do. You got two empty apartments in this brownstone. They're livable. Why not, Eric Adams, set the example for others that you want to house the illegals, you're willing to pay them $65 a head, and just put them in the basement, although it's questionable if you can even live in a basement, but he claimed he was, we know his son was, and in the top floor apartment, which is vacant. 
Come on, Eric Adams. Do the right thing. Set the example. Or are you just selling wolf tickets again? Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. Talking about this is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. It's back, and he's back. Shamu, El Jefe, Chris Christie. Now he has become Orca the Killer Whale as he goes up and down the Jersey coast from Point Pleasant to Wildwood. And he has a target. Take out Donald Trump in this Republican primary campaign. He won't have much time. Because he won't have much money. So figure uh, the Caucasoid caucuses in Iowa. And then he's hoping for a return appearance like he had in 2016. On the stage in New Hampshire when he knocked out little Marco Rubio on behalf of Donald Trump. And then afterwards he went to the Boston Garden, did the jiggle wiggle. At a Springsteen concert with Schmata Boy, Stevie Van Zandt, the E Street Band. Of which he is a groupie, a sickle fan, a toady, a lackey. He has traveled to hear them in concert all over the world, and they never give him any play. They always diss him and dismiss him. He is a masochist. There's no doubt about it. He's like a human pinata, but he loves them. They hate him. They really hate him, and they hate his politics. But maybe now they love him a little bit because he wants to be known as... The Trump killer, T.T.K. He wants that opportunity to get up on that stage and at least score a TKO against Donald Trump. Now, how he's going to accomplish that is uh, is beyond me. You know, let's face it, he's going to shake down a lot of contributors like all these uh, folks running for office are doing as we speak. They're getting wine dined and pocket lined by a number of special interests. So I'm just wondering... Who it is? He has said that that vile, despicable Scarmucci, who looks like he just came out of a pump-and-dump penny stock scheme selling it out of a basement in Bensonhurst, and Steve Cohen, owner of the Mets, who should have been in jail for insider trading information, they're his two Medici's. But I digress. I notice as I look out of the studios here at uh, WABC, Lou, the orange haze is back from last night. It was... Uh, it was gone this morning, but the fires of Canada are burning. 
And uh, all of a sudden, it's floating over the city again. There's an orange haze, the smell of burning wood of the forests of uh, Canada are now upon us. And as I look up there, you know, Lou, what this looks like? This looks like Sid when he gets out of the tanning bed and also Donald Trump, where they're orange, where they're like orange, like a rusty stub. Really, that's kind of the orange in the air. But let's go to the audio tapes of Chamu El Jefe Chris Christie. Now known as Orca the Killer Whale, as he tries to knock out Donald Trump, as it appears that DeSantis is gaining in the polls ever so slowly, as he was so far behind, uh, you couldn't even see Donald Trump's tuchus uh, in front. Let's go to Shamu uh, Jefe Chris Christie when commenting on Bridgegate, claiming he had nothing to do with it. Well, I say to them, listen, there's been three independent investigations now, all of whom come to the same conclusion, that, that I had nothing to do with it, no knowledge of it, didn't direct it, and didn't have anything to do with it. So at some point, you know, the saturation coverage that the media has given this affects people. But over time, people will come to know that when you've had three different investigations, one by a partisan Democratic legislature who would have loved to come up with a different conclusion, one by the federal prosecutors, and one internal investigation that we ran, and all came to the same conclusion, I think it's time to move on. Internal investigation was by Randy Mastro, former deputy mayor of Giuliani. He held a press conference as if he was the state attorney general. He exonerated his client. I mean, come on. And then who was uh, Shamu Jefe, Chris Christie's lawyer? Christopher Ray, Who had possession of the cell phone that would have answered everything. But Christopher Ray would not give it up. He had it in his safe in his office. And then... Uh, Shamu Al-Hefe, Chris Christie, went on to recommend Christopher Ray to Donald Trump to replace Comey, who should have been sacked right after Trump was inaugurated. He would have gotten a standing ovation by both the Democrats and Republicans. And so Trump listened to uh, Al-Hefe, Chris Christie, who is now hell-bent on taking him out, and appointed Ray as the FBI director. So when you're mad at Ray uh, for withholding information, especially about the Biden's involvement in offshore nefarious activities. Understand that that came from Shamu Alefe, Chris Christie, and Trump okayed it. But let's continue. Here is Shamu Alefe, Chris Christie, Orca the Killer Whale, moving in on a reporter. Did I say on topic? Are you, are you stupid? On topic. On topic. Next question. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all very much. And I'm sorry for the idiot over there. Take care. Want to bet he won't be like that now. He'll welcome any reporter coming up and talking to him. And then remember, as he was yelling at a heckler during a Hurricane Sandy press conference, after which he embraced Barack Obama in his fleece, a sweater, and forever doomed the presidential opportunities of Mitt Romney. I'd be more than happy to have a debate with you anytime you like, guy, because somebody like you who doesn't know a damn thing about what you're talking about, except to stand up and show off when the cameras are here. I've been here when the cameras aren't here, buddy, and done the work. <laughs> oh, boy. He stabbed Mitt Romney in the back when he embraced Barack Obama right near Brigantine and then went up and down the coast. Uh, in Marine uh, Helicopter 1 to look at the damage of Hurricane Sandy. And then, remember, Chris Christie, who embraced Donald Trump, in fact, used to 
be his Maytag and go to the various McDonald's when they were on tour running for the presidency in 2016 and end up bringing back half the order because he ate the rest on the way, the Quarter Pounders with cheese, the Big Macs, the fish fillets. He all of a sudden decided he was um, under contract to Stephanopoulos on ABC on Sunday mornings. And the whole reason for him being hired was to be a hitman on Trump. So every Sunday morning, that's all you hear is Chris Christie attacking Trump, Trump, Trump. Well, I've said I've said over and over again that he can't win a general election. And, and, and that's not speculation. That's based upon the polling that I was privy to pre the 2020 election. Uh, and what we saw actually happen in the 2020 election. And it's only gotten worse since then. Yeah, only gotten worse since then. And that's what he does every Sunday morning. And so he figured, hey, look, I got no chance to be the Republican presidential nominee. Let me go out there. Let me be like a gladiator in the gladiator pit. Let me try to uh, somehow corner Donald Trump and eviscerate him like I did little Marco Rubio. Easier said than done. And then this was the vile, despicable, sexist, misogynist Chris Christie, Shamu El Hefe, when all of a sudden he was telling a woman what she could do in a public forum. You know, some may go down tonight, but ain't going to be jobs, sweetheart. Wait, wait, wait. What did she say, Lou? What did he say, Lou, to that woman? Some may go down tonight, but it won't be jobs. Could I hear that again? You know, some may go down tonight, but ain't going to be jobs, sweetheart. What was he intimating, that she should orally fixate uh, somebody? I need to hear that one more time because, man, that was like the most sexist, misogynist, off-the-wall thing. And I've heard a lot of bad things from politicians, Republican and Democrat and Independent. But, oh, my God, she basically said this woman is somebody who... uh, Tries to pleasurize you by orally fixating you. You know, some may go down tonight, but ain't going to be jobs, sweetheart. You know, Chris Christie, uh, maybe your olive oil wife, Pat, Mary Pat, whatever her name is, could take a bar of Fels naphtha soap because you're a Gentile or if uh, you were a Jew, Rokish, the laundry soap and wash your filthy mouth out. And then, of course, is the famous Shamuel uh, Hefe Chris Christie when uh, he was looking up and down the Jersey Shore. This is before Superstorm Sandy. This is the hurricane that never really did the damage that it was thought that it would, which preceded Superstorm Sandy, when he basically told uh, <laughs> folks, in fact, uh, play number 10, uh, told folks to get off the freaking beach at Asbury Park. Uh, you know, I saw some of these news feeds that I've been watching upstairs of people sitting on the beach in Asbury Park. Get the hell off the beach in Asbury Park and get out. You're done. It's 430. You've maximized your tan. Get off the beach. That's when people really liked him. And then, of course, he would always say at the town hall meetings. Remember, he was Trump before there was Trump. He would have these town hall meetings, not just up and down New Jersey, from Hudson County, the corrupt Hudson County, and Camden County, uh, but all throughout New Jersey, in which basically uh, at some point in the proceedings he would tell you to sit down and shut up. So listen, you want to have the conversation later? I'm happy to have it, buddy. 
But until that time, sit down and shut up. Can I hear that one more time, please? Uh... So listen, you want to have the conversation later? I'm happy to have it, buddy. But until that time, sit down and shut up. Your time was up long time ago, Chris Christie. Shamu El Hefe, Chris Christie, now Orca, the killer whale. Intent on trying to knock Donald Trump uh, out of the box. That's never going to happen. Uh, the uh, pig farmers from Iowa, where there are more pigs than people, assembled themselves and came to Trump Thwacket, which is the governor's mansion. And they appealed to you. They said they would back you up if you entered into the Iowa Caucasoid caucus race, the start of the Republican presidential uh, season, primary season. And they made the appeal, and they even said to Shabuel Hefe, Chris Christie, they said, hey, look, you won't have to drink ethanol. You won't have to eat ham hocks. He said, well, I don't want to drink ethanol, but I want to eat ham hocks, ham sandwiches, Anything you put on my plate, I'm going to eat. You know, my mother used to tell me when I was growing up, they look, look, there are starving children in China and India eat everything on your plate. So I figured I eat everything on everybody's plate. But he said to the farmers respectfully, no, I think Romney will eventually pick me as his vice president. And then in the waning moments of that campaign, Romney obviously had won the primary uh, and he chose Badger Boy Ryan from Wisconsin and not Chris Christie. And then eventually when he backed uh, Trump in 2016, he was on the transition team. He figured, hey, I'm the head of the transition team. Maybe I'll be like Dick Cheney was to Bush 43. You know, we'll interview for potential vice president, and Trump will end up picking me. He never did. Uh, He picked uh, Pence because he was right out of central casting. He wanted to be chief of staff for Trump. Instead, he picked uh, Rinsout Priebus, Badger Boy from Wisconsin, former RNC chairman. Maybe I'll be the attorney general. He said, no, 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 I'm going with uh, Beauregard down there in Alabama, who was the first uh, senator to endorse me. And what was uh, Chris Christie left with? Ugats and Bubkis. And now he wants revenge coming up. Maybe the greatest interview of political revenge that I have ever heard in my life that was done by Sid Rosenberg this morning involving a city councilmanic race in the 13th District in the Bronx. This is the Riffin' Read featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This morning, Sid Rosenberg did a political interview of a local city council race up in the Bronx, 13th City Council District, in which one of the candidates, Samantha Zerka, Albanian, who had run for state senate in an election cycle before as a Republican and now is in a three-way primary, running against uh, the chairman, Mike Rendino's sister of the GOP, and my candidate, George Havernick. But, oh, my God, did she eviscerate the Bronx GOP and its chairman, Mike Rendino. The GOP, the Bronx GOP has 
has um is is nothing short of pure nepotism and cronyism um from my previous campaign last year i ran for state senate district 34 i learned what was that is that the bronx too that's yes it was the bronx and westchester nice okay yes i learned that the gop the chairman himself nominates candidates and is himself the one that takes them down. And just so you know, Mike Rendino is the chairman, right? And Christy is his sister. Christy is his sister, and Christy's married to the Board of Elections Commissioner, um, Gino Mamorato. Yeah. So if we if that's not nepotism in itself, I don't know what is. Wow. And then uh, she talked about the GOP chairman, Mike Rendino, in bed with the Democrats. We do have to point the finger at the GOP chairman who has failed us time and again. You know, they nominate uh, candidates and they themselves, my, uh, Mr. Rendino himself, pushes to, um, you know, put uh, obstacles in the way of these candidates because he's in bed with the Democrats. You can call it a uniparty if you wish. It's no doubt that, that I've seen myself. They don't even challenge Darcel Clark who is as bad a district attorney in turning criminals loose uh, as Alvin Bragg. She's exactly correct about that. And then she uh, enlightened us about something about the GOP chairman of Bronx County, Mike Rendino, that I didn't even know. I thought he was from the Bronx. Hey, I thought I knew where everyone's political bones are buried and who buried them. He's done nothing for our community. He lives in Garden City, New York. In Long Island. He lives in Long Island. White works there. And yeah. he's dictating the outcome of the Bronx. That's not right. By way of not, you know, you know, you want to be a chairman, then let's be a chairman. Let's let's focus on, you know, producing great candidates and supporting them. Supporting them. We are in a one party rule. We are in a you know, we're one one or two steps shy of being in a socialist society in the city of New York. God, I had no idea, Lou. Mike Grandino, the GOP chairman. Doesn't even live in the Bronx. He escaped. He left the Bronx. He's in Garden City, Long Island. Oh, my God. And then I think I understand why this woman, who obviously ran for state senate, this last election cycle, and is running for city council in the 13th city council district, Trog's Neck, Morris Park, Van Ness, that whole area there, Samantha Zerka. I think I understand why she wants... Revenge. Oh, my God, the story she told broke my heart. Lou, Justin Alec, would make you cry when she said what Mike Rendino said and spread about her son. No, I don't have any words for Mr. Rendino. He was also but, shameful. But he hasn't called you. No, he, okay. he shamefully put out a, you know, sent a message to my, my staff mocking my my son's death so he has no what, no what place stop right there what, how old was your son when did he die from he 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 passed away from misuse of of a drug called propoxyphene and mr rendino called up my staff and suggested that i should worry about my son dying from a drug how old was your son um 16 and a half years old so when he mocked Sorry. my son's death he mm. mocked the death of every child in the Bronx and in the city of New York, who has died from a drug well, overdose. Why, why, why would he do, I mean, look. It's, it's his way to distract, and it's pathetic, and he should be ashamed of himself. He's a father. He should be ashamed of himself. Oh, God. What a disgraziata. What a shanda. The mother's mourning the loss of her son to a drug overdose. We've seen that time and time again. 
and he disparages her son in death. Now I understand why this candidate, Samantha Zerka, running in the 13th City Council District, three Republicans, I'm supporting George Habernack, there's Mike Rendino's sister running, I don't know why, she's not qualified, and Samantha Zerka took out a full-page ad in the Bronx Times newspaper, full-page ad with all the links to give substance to her claims. But Mike Rendino, if you look at yourself in the mirror, whatever differences you had with this woman, how could you disparage her 16-year-old son who ended up perishing because of a drug overdose? Have you no shame? This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.